Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Golden Ticket Show. We have a great show for you tonight. We're going to go ahead and start. Uh, we're going to go over some NBA future bets that the odds may have changed on since the upcoming uh, the excuse me the trades over the weekend. We're going to have um, some get some bets on some Monday night football and a preview of the MLB postseason that starts early tomorrow. Once again, this is Dan with the Golden Ticket Show, and let's begin. So our first thing we're going to look at is how these NBA trades that have happened over this week, the Drew Holiday to Boston trade, the Damian Lillard to Milwaukee trade, how this affects the futures market throughout the season. Now, this is big because obviously it makes teams like the Bucks and the Celtics become the easy top contender. As we're going to show you here. And if you look right here, this is the NBA future. Uh, so the consensus top pick and favorite to win the championship now is the Boston Celtics. Now, I think the Drew Holiday trade was a great move for them because you're feeling when they traded away Marcus Smart, you wondered what the move was because Marcus Smart was their top defender. He could guard one through five. And now they have someone who may not be as great defensively, but is a good replacement that can run that point guard position in Drew Holiday. So I really like that move. The one thing, and with that, they've become the overall favorite. If you look right here, you got 350 odds. Um, at points bet is the best bet right now. Um, you can see 350 for the Bucks at Bet Rivers. Uh, this this league, it's going to come. I think an Eastern Conference team is going to win it this year, barring injury. Um, I've, these are the two best teams right now. You look across the board, they have the best odds. They're the only teams under 500 across the board. I think it could be some hype. It could be, um, you know, preseason predictions based on how last year went with everyone getting new contracts and how free agency went. But these are the top two teams. I am a little bit worried about the Celtics after getting rid of Robert Williams and Grant Williams this offseason because now they don't have a front court. They're, they really don't. They have Al, a 38-year-old Al Horford who he you could see a decline in his play last year. You could see um, you could see some struggles, even though he's st starting to fit more into the role of being a corner three-point shooter. Uh, and a just a body down low on the team, and Porzingis, um, who's always he's been injury prone most of his career. I think it was a great trade to bring in some height. I think that's what they were lacking. But it's you have to see how healthy he stays in a system that's very grit and grind, dive on the floor, take the charge kind of system that he hasn't really been a part of yet, or he hasn't really been great in. Now my pick is I took the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to make the championship this year for sure. I think they could possibly win it. You look at this team, and obviously the first couple of weeks it's going to be a little bit of a transition, seeing how Giannis and Damian Lillard play together, two very ball dominant players. But this is a, finally a chance for the Bucks to get the ball out of Giannis's hands, and you knew late in the game throughout the season it was. Always Giannis's ball. Giannis was getting everything. You knew where the ball was going. You knew what was happening. And you just had to manage his drives and watch the kickouts. Now you have to worry about Damian Lillard getting hot. 
And when you get worried about Damian Lillard getting hot, now you have to deal with Giannis driving to the rim. You have to deal with the offensive rebounds off Lillard's misses. And then if you see Giannis getting hot and he's driving to the paint and you got to bring four guys down to stop him, you're going to have now Chris Middleton, Damian Lillard, and Brooke Lopez on the wings ready to shoot. So the, the four-out system really works well with this team and I think with the new coach as well. We see a lot of time a lot of lately a lot of times when the new coaches have taken over for top contending teams, they have won it. You know, you got Nick Nurse, you got um Frank Vogel out there in LA. But I I think this is a great opportunity for the Bucks to win it. I I think the, the hype over the Lillard uh, the Drew Holiday trade has moved Boston in the top. But if you see a lot of these sports books, they're either even you got BetMGM has the has the Bucks as their favorite. Bet Rivers has the favorite. Caesars has the favorite. The only ones that have a Celtics favorite is really points bet. That's it. See, all the other ones are tied up. Um, and if you look into the Western Conference, obviously the Suns with their big three now. The Nuggets are probably going to stay there for a while, keeping their core. And other than these four teams, I don't think anyone else is expecting a playoff run. The Warriors are going to have injuries. They're probably going to trade a couple players away with this new system. And the late the Lakers, I think, are just up there because they're the Lakers because they have LeBron. I I don't see I, I don't see LeBron uh, pushing this team to another finals. I don't see anyone else going through in the finals other than these four teams. Um, fun fact, I actually found out if you put a parlay together or if you put a, a matchup of any of these four teams in a combo so, to make it to the finals, so Celtics, Suns, Celtics, Nuggets, Bucks, Suns, Bucks, Nuggets, and you put $10 on it on each one, the lowest amount of profit you'll get is 35 bucks. And that's on any of them. All of these, if you would put $10 on each of these, you'll somehow manage a profit regardless of the outcome as long as the any of these four teams make it. So I locked that in just as a safety because I think the, the highest odds were um, Celtics and Nuggets at the time. And that was a uh, like $10 to win 100. So that if any of these four teams win, you're looking at a profit regardless. So I really looked at that. The next thing we're going to look at here on action is the Eastern and Western Conference to win. So obviously, if we start with the Eastern, it's just these two teams. Um, The Sixers, I I don't see it happening. I think they're right with that. Plus 800 is around a good mark. Uh, If you even look, Bet Rivers has the Cavs above them. They have a 1,300 for the Sixers. James Harden's not going to be there unless they get some kind of superstar on a team that's willing to risk Harden, which I don't think they're going to get. Uh, the the Sixers are down this year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is going to be another year where Joel Embiid has to put the team on his back 24-7 and they still struggle. Uh, so if you – I like these two right here. I, I still give credit to the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to have a better time. I think they're more of a well-rounded team overall versus the Celtics are still – the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown show. It's just now they have one uh, an additional complimentary piece. The Bucks really didn't lose anyone, but they did. Other than Lillard, they did not get. They they lost Grayson Allen, but that's about it. And the the problem I see with the Bucks is that they don't really have a bench system now because you're going to have to start Connaughton. 
you're gonna have to you have to you're gonna have to hope uh Marjan Bochamp comes out really well. You might even have to start Giannis's brother, which I, I really don't think they're gonna want to do that. I think they're gonna have to make a couple moves for some draft picks at the trade deadline to get a couple role players and bench pieces to really stay. I, I could see a potential if the Pacers struggle and they're and they're looking like they're out of playoff contention, I could see a potential Bruce Brown trade for a couple of draft picks and get a good solid role player that you can start at the two if you need to, or you could bring them off the bench behind Middleton and behind Giannis if you need to. So I again I still see the Bucks winning. If you look, it's it's wild to think that most of these books have other than points bet because they have the Celtics, but all of them have a favor of the Bucks, but the rest of them have favored Celtics to win it all. So that that's interesting to see that a lot of these books will think the Bucks will win, but if the Bucks don't make it and the Celtics do, they they think the Celtics will win it all. Uh, if we look at the Western Conference here, you know, obviously the Nuggets <clears throat> are going to be the number one. That the you it's kind of almost an easy assumption every year unless they lose like half their team that the team that wins the championship is always the highest favored betting odd. And you obviously have the Suns, and then it gets a little crazier. So the Nuggets, the Nuggets didn't they only lost Bruce Brown, which is the big thing I believe you would have to worry about is them losing their best wing defender on that team. Excuse me. And the Suns obviously they built their big three, but I think I think the Nurkic trade and actually them getting Grayson Allen. A lot of people are hating on that. I think that was a great move. Nurkic. I think the way they're wanting to play Nurkic fits the system well. And under I believe it's Frank Vogel's their coach now. Under him, I, he likes working with centers who stay under the basket. We saw that a lot in. LA where when he was there Davis did not stretch the floor as much he stayed underneath the basket and he played well. So I think this is a system that could work better for Booker and Durant and it's more styled to getting Booker and Durant the ball, letting them run the floor. But the issue with that is Bradley Beal because he does need his shots to get open. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um and Bradley Beal needs his shots to get open. He he's there's a games where he'll go five for five to start and gets hot, but there's a lot of games where it takes him nine, ten shots. He has to feel the groove of the game. And if the groove of the game is not flowing through him, or it doesn't work well. Now, in his favor, you have when he was playing with Westbrook and he's playing with another ball dominant guard, which he will with Booker, he had some of his best numbers of his career. So with that being said, I think that the Suns are good. I think it's going to be between these two teams. I think we'll see another Nuggets Suns uh, uh, finals. But other than that, I like the Warriors, I think is going to be a dud this year. Uh, The Lakers, no. The Clippers, I think, will they're they're going to be trying to figure out how to do this new uh, load management system. The Mavericks, I think, are I, – I don't know what's going on with that team. Yeah, they've added good pieces, but they have zero defense. So they're – and 
whether they're scoring, if they're even if they're scoring 140, defense wins championships, and they just don't have it. Grizzlies, I don't see. And then after that, it's just teams that you wouldn't even think of even mentioning this conversation: Kings, Pelicans, Timberwolves, Thunder, all that. The I mean, look, if, if you think the rock, if you put, if you're willing to put money on the Rockets, then Godspeed to you, because there's no no way that they're even going to be close to making the playoffs this year. Um, so my prediction, I would lock in Nuggets. I think my prediction is the Nuggets versus the Bucks. Um, I actually locked that in a couple of days ago. We got that. At, let me see. I'm pulling up FanDuel here. Yeah, FanDuel is definitely better. Is um, it may not look it on the screen, but FanDuel has more options for the NBA futures. So I would definitely take a look at them. Um, if you do the Bucks versus the Nuggets right now, ten dollars will win you eighty. And if you do the Bucks and the Suns, ten dollars will win you um, ninety-five. So I, I think the Bucks and uh, the Nuggets are the best option here, even without Bruce Brown. When Jokic is actually trying, he's the best player in the NBA every single night. And with that being said, like. He doesn't really seem to try till he gets to the playoffs, and he's still putting up 30, 10, and 10. So I can't imagine what he's going to do if he has to face Giannis on a regular basis. But I locked that in. Do with this information what you will, but these are the best options, these four right here, for NBA futures. And so now we're going to head over to our baseball segment so now we are in postseason time the mlb season is finally finished and what a run it was this year this was a this was one of the most entertaining mlb seasons that i've seen in a long time you had teams starting out 15 and 0 you had the hottest hitting teams in baseball just dominate from april to to september you had records being broken constantly. We had some of the greatest players of all time retiring with Miggy and Wainwright, whether you could put an asterisk or anything, depending on how you feel about the Cardinals. This was this was such a it was such a weird season too, because teams that you you wouldn't think the Dodgers would struggle with this team in week one, in the first month of the season. And you wouldn't think teams like the Cardinals would be out of playoff contention by June. But you know this is this is uh this has been such a weird season that I I think this postseason is going to be one of the most entertaining to watch. But we're gonna do a quick preview. If you look at the MLB postseason, you know you got I I you if if you told me the Orioles would make the playoffs, I I could. I could definitely see that, but if you told me the Orioles would be the number one seed in the entire AL, I would I would think you're crazy. We're gonna pull up the bracket real quick on the MLB website. Um, if you look at these, these are, it's I don't see a series that looks like it's gonna be a blowout or it's gonna be a sweep. Now, is there is there gonna be a sweep? Possibly. It's a three game series. You got to in the first round, you got to win two. But, you know, you look at these matchups, you got in game two for Arizona. Game one, they're starting Brandon Fott. Um, not too sure about that. 
But game two, you're going to have Zach Gallen against Brandon Woodruff, and that's going to be a great matchup. You got Wheeler and Luzardo for game one here. You got Gossman and Lopez, Montgomery and Glasnow. This is this is this is going to be fun baseball to watch. Um, I, we're going to give our quick prediction real quick. I think that the way the Jays have played is just so unpredictable and the twins have been so quietly solid that you, you don't hear much about the AL central cause it's boring, but <clears throat> the twins put up 90, 80 to 90 wins every year for a reason. They're, they're a very solid team, whether injuries hurt them or not. And with that being said, I would give the twins the win in the first round there. Um, you go down to the four or five matchup, Tampa and Texas, and that that one's just, that one's gonna be that's the one I have my eye on. I think that's gonna be one of the most fun series to watch. It's giving me the vibe of when Philly and San Diego played last year. I think it's gonna be a lot of home runs. It's two high powered offenses with two solid but not two teams that their their startings have been great. Their bullpens have been either spectacular or terrible. I think this is going to be one of those series that every game is going to be high scoring. It's going to be fun to watch constantly. And with that, I would take, I honestly think Tampa is going to pull that one out. I think Texas just doesn't have the pitching to combat the hitting. If you look at all their pitching matchups that are supposed to be happening, all of them favor the Tampa Bay hitters. So I think Tampa pulls away with that one. I think it's going to go to three games, but Tampa is going to pull away with that one late. And on the NL side, I hate to say this because I've really liked how they've played this year. Arizona is going to go out. I, the Brewers have the Brewers are getting hot right at the time that the Diamondbacks are starting to cool off. So the Brewers are just gonna. I think they're going to wipe the floor. I think that one might be a sweep, but it's going to be a very entertaining series to watch. And they're gonna. There's going to be Brewers Dodgers. And if we go over to the other one, I don't want to see the Phillies. As a Braves fan, I don't want to see the Phillies. We've played well against them this year, but that's just the one team that always worries me. I don't care about the – I never cared about the Mets. I don't really worry about the Dodgers. The Phillies are the team that always worries me because they somehow always can get our number at the worst possible time. So I think I think you got to go Phillies to win that series. The Marlins have been playing hot, but Phillies' bats are hotter. Uh, and if you go to the DS, I'm gonna say I, I think it's gonna be the top four seed this year. I don't think we're gonna see a year like last year where all the where most of the wild card teams played great. Um, I think Orioles are gonna take down Tampa, but it's I, that's the one I really want to watch because this is the first time 95% of those players have played in the playoffs. So we really got to see what they're what they're made of at this level. Houston's just gonna take care of Minnesota. That one's just not even a question. Um, and then you look over, and I think the Brewers and Dodgers, I think, will be close. I think the Brewers are going to f- somehow come away with a couple here, and they're going to force it to be close. But I think at the end of the day, it's still the Dodgers. Their pitching has been very shaky this year, but I think they still have what it takes to get past the Brewers. And I as I got to go Braves. There's I'm taking the Braves all the way. We can go ahead and put that. They're going to beat the Dodgers. They're going to go. They're going to win the World Series no matter who they play. That's my favorite team. That's one of the best teams in baseball. This team has not slowed down. Their longest losing streak was, I think, five games this year. They And it was 
right after they had just clinched the title and they were switching lineups around constantly. I think this is this this season has been poised for the Braves to falter at any point. Everyone kept, it was just like Tampa. Everyone was waiting for the drop and there has not been a drop. It's just been constant power. Con- like they, they have one of the best pitching staffs and they only had three starting pitchers for majority of the year. Now they don't have Morton and Elder did not pitch last year in the playoffs. So that will be something to watch because the last time Elder faced the Phillies, they took, they ripped him apart. So that's something to really watch out for. But I still think the Braves are going to pull out of that one. I think they have too much hitting power to they it's going to be a series where Philly is going to have to match up with them. And the same thing when they play the Dodgers, they're just going to have to keep up with the Braves and they're not going to be able to. So give me the Braves making it all the way through the national league. And we got Houston versus Baltimore. I, everything in me tells me Houston, but I, the way Baltimore season has been, I really want to see a Braves Baltimore world series matchup. So I'm going to take the Orioles there. I think Braves Orioles is going to be one of the most fun series to watch in a while. So I'm going to put that in. So that's our prediction for the MLB postseason. We're going to take Braves beating the Orioles and I'm going to take it in six. I think the Orioles will be able to sneak a game or two past us because their bullpen is very good. Even though they lost their, their all-star closer, their bullpen is still very good. I think they will make it out of the AO. They proved their worth against Houston a couple of weeks ago. I think they'll stay dominant, and I think, but I don't think they'll be able to overcome the Braves. So give me the Braves versus the Orioles to finish off the MLB season. Braves will win the World Series this year. I put money on it three different times this year. I have potential to win about 100, 200 bucks on it. So I will take that every day. Um, as a Braves fan, every year I'm putting money on them to win it all. So I got to go for it every single time. Um, and we're going to go real fast over to our, we're going to go ahead and put a couple picks in for tomorrow. Cause these games do start early. The first two games are going to be at three o'clock and it's going to be like that the whole week. There's going to be three o'clock games to nine o'clock games the entire week. So our two bets for the MLB opening day of the playoffs is going to be I'm taking the Rangers to win. And if you look you look at this matchup, it's Montgomery versus Glass now. Montgomery has not been the best against this season. I I I think he's a good rotation guy that they needed, but I think he just um I just don't think there's anything in it that says that he's going to pitch well against this team. Um, I'm looking at the matchup right now, and that's just if you if you look at it against left-handed pitching, nine of the fourteen hitters that have hit over a hundred times against lefties for the Rays are hitting over two eighty. And against Jordan Montgomery alone, only two players are hitting below two fifty against him. And it's a Rosarena and Diaz. But you have Manuel Manuel Margot is hitting 375 against this guy. You have four players hitting almost over 500 against them. A Rosarena, his two hits, his two hits though, or excuse me, two of his four hits have been home runs. 
So he when he hits the when they hit and if you look at everyone on that team's hit rate against this guy, their slugging rate against this guy is high. So when they hit Montgomery, they hit it hard. And I think the way Glasnow has been pitching coming back from his injury, the the Rangers can't keep up with him. I, I think this is it's I think this is a team that got very lucky they made it honestly and they didn't lose if if it wasn't for the Mariners just historical collapse it would be over but you look at these lines right here if you take the Rays right now it's at 153 I caught it at 151 a little bit earlier but the Rangers don't hit righties very well they're about average a couple players hit better a couple players hit worse against righties but the big stat is that against Glasnow only three players on this team have hits 15 different players on this team have went up against Glasnow. All of them have struck out at least once. And the only three players that have hits is Leody Tavares, Travis Jankowski, and Marcus Simeon. That's it. Everyone else is 0 for 2, 0 for 3. There's a guy 0 for 10. So Glasnow feeds off this team. I think this this is a situation where the Rays know what they need to do to get going. And they're going to win game one. So we're going to go ahead and lock that one in. And we're going to go to our next one. This will be our final baseball prop, and we'll get into the NFL games coming up tonight. Diamondbacks and Brewers. We're hammering the Brewers' money line. There's a couple experts here on action that have decided, that have went against my pick, but I love this pick. Fat has not been well this year. Corbin Burns has been... Not himself, but he's been better than normal. And for a game this low, I I just I think the way the Brewers are playing, they've been too hot lately, and the Diamondbacks have been very. I would say they've been very lucky. They they've won a lot of their games, but it's been off injuries, bad plays, having to fight back in late inning situations because they were giving up a bunch of runs. And I just I think this is a Brewers team that their pitching staff can hold it down well enough to keep that from happening again uh, for the Diamondbacks. I think they could shut this team down fairly well. So I again take this line. If you take careful if you take it in the morning because the line could be moving overnight. It more than likely will. But if you look against Corbin Burns. And again, Fat has not pitched against this team yet. Corbin Burns pitched 13 innings. He got a four ERA, which isn't the best, but it's not bad. Again, this team does not hit righties well. This is a big righty-heavy team. And if you look at the Brewers, this this, this is going to be a matchup of two teams that don't really hit the opposite pitcher well. But the Brewers have been in this situation before versus where majority of these players on the Diamondbacks have not. So I would take the experience in this situation. If you look even here, the total over under, they could potentially go over that over. I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of that line. I think four and a half could be a stretch for a game that's projected at seven and a half point uh, runs. But I, I, I take the Brewers money line every single time. If you look, you can catch that. The best odds on it are going to be on either WinBet or DraftKings has it at 180 over in Jersey. Um, this thing just keeps logging me into Jersey. I don't know why. The best line available is WinBet, though. So I take this take this as you will, but that is probably going to be the best two bets for 
MLB today. And now we're going to get on to some football. So we're going to talk about our Sinister Six. And we went we went up against Mr. Joe Winkle on a Sinister Six. We're going to start joining that the Sinister Six for the month of October, see how we do. Our six were Josh Allen over one and a half passing touchdowns. Dawson Knox, two and a half receptions. And Derrick Henry, 83 and a half rushing receiving yards. Matt Stafford, 256 passing yards. Agal- Nelson Aguilar, over 24 and a half yards. And Derrick Henry to have the most rushing yards in that game against the Bengals. So we went four and two. So we're going to start with our first win, which was Josh Allen over one and a half passing touchdowns. If you watch that game, you watched our show last night. I called it right there. This was going to be one of the high scoring, most fun games to watch in the NFL this week. And it did not disappoint. Josh Allen threw for four touchdowns. I don't understand why his line is that low. I understand they like doing little sneaky goal line runs, but Josh Allen is the focal point of that team. He is the heart and soul, and that team lives and dies on his arm. And one and a half touchdowns is an easy mark every single week. As long as that line stays at that point, I'm taking it every single week the rest of the season. Even even if you have to do a little parlay, add it with like a – like a crazy alternate line to lower the odds. It's, I would still take one and a half touchdowns every single week this season, especially against the Dolphins. You've seen, again, he dominates against the Dolphins. There's nothing else. But if, if you can rely on one thing, it's Josh Allen to throw for 300 against the Dolphins every single time. Our next one is Dawson Knox over two and a half receptions. Now, we had a bad read on this one. The ball went to Kincaid a little bit more. It was going to be a toss-up between the two. The, he only had one reception, so he missed with that one. Again, that was a toss-up play. It could have went to either of them. They run that dual tight end system and just happened to be Kincaid's day. Take the loss. We'll move on. Derrick Henry over 83.5 rushing receiving yards. I said at the beginning of the show yesterday, the Bengals do not play well against the run, and they showed it again today. Derrick Henry had 122 rushing yards against this team. He single-handedly put the Titans on his back and put the ball in the end zone. and shut. He even had a passing touchdown. He had more passing touchdowns than Joe Burrow. That's how crazy this game was and how great Derrick Henry was. So that, that was an easy lock. We'll even look at that next week, too. Going on to our fourth one, it was Matthew Stafford over 256 passing yards. Now, overtime helped us, but this line was going to hit anyway. The Stafford-Puka-Nakua connection is going to be one of the best things you'll see this whole season. He with Even with Cooper cutback, I think Nakua is still going to get almost 100 yards every game. It adds more to that offense, and it could potentially put the Rams on track to potentially – I don't think they'll win the division this year with the way the Niners are playing, but it puts them on track to fight for a wild card spot. And that's what you want to see for this team is every game has to be win-now mode. So they have a, their secondary is still kind of rough, but – we have to see what they're going to do, but Stafford and the Pukanukua connection is going to be a cash every single game. Our next one is Nelson Aguilar over 24 and a half yards. This was a bad read by me. I thought I saw something I liked. Trusted my gut. My gut failed me. Aguilar did not get a target until there was two minutes left in the fourth quarter. 
He had one target, one catch for five yards. That is gross. That is terrible. I I don't even I don't even want to look at the box score to see other than Zay Flowers who was getting the ball, but that game was just so gross and ugly to watch with no Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson just picking apart this defense that everyone's been hyping up for months. It, we're we're just gonna move on to the next one. So and our last one was Derrick Henry to get the most rushing yards in the game. Obvious lock, 122. The next highest was Joe Mixon at 71. Easy win. I I would say I don't know why that odd is minus 160. I feel like it should be a lot higher. But if you see this bet every week, and the line is under 200, I would hammer that every single time. So that that was our sinister stick. Six. We finished four and two. Not sure how Mr. Winkle did. We'll check that out on Sunday. But four and two to start our sinister six is pretty good to me. I'll take those odds every single day. And if we look back on our one bet for each game from our golden ticket show yesterday, we went five and four. So I'll take that. Josh Allen hurt us on the passing attempts. Don't know. Cousins 250 and Jefferson 75 yards was just ugly. Cousins is, I don't know what's going on with Kirk Cousins this year. That was a rough one. Bears seven and a half alternate. I will stand on that pick. I do not care. I got so much crap for that. I knew the Bears were going to cover some form of a spread, and I knew that game was going to be less than a touchdown. So if you followed us too, we also covered Bears plus three and a half as well. So that was a that was a beautiful day for us. Tough day for Bears fans everywhere. Great day for me as a better. Uh, we switched our pick from the Baltimore money line to Baltimore Browns under with no Deshaun Watson. There was no offensive power. Final score was I think twenty eight to three. Something like that. It was. It wasn't even close. The under was 38, and they barely hit 30 until the last couple minutes of the fourth. So that was an easy win. Stroud 200 passing yards. Dell Tank Dell 25 plus receiving. Stroud hammered that passing line. Dell did not get a catch. He that ball was in Nico Collins's hand all day today. There was there was nothing else we could really do about it. But just sit there and let it happen. Um, I mean, any quarterback has a connection with a player, and they don't have like a guaranteed target like a Justin Jefferson, a Jamar Chase. This is going to happen every week. They're going to pick a new target that's going to expose the defense, and they're just going to hammer it till they stop it. Matthew Stafford have the most passing yards in the game. I said it again and again and again. When Matthew Stafford is playing against an inexperienced defense, he feasts. He had over 300 yards for the second time this season. Anthony Richardson did not look like he wanted to throw the ball at all. So that was an easy win. Mike Thomas over four and a half receptions. Should have thought better of that one. I figured Derek uh, Carr would be throwing the ball a little bit shorter. He didn't seem to not want to throw the ball at all. So that one was a tough loss. Um, Just coming back from an injury. uh, That was a bad read on my part. And we got Henry most rushing yards, like we mentioned earlier, easy win. And DeAndre Swift over 76 and a half rushing receiving. Cash that with ease. So we finished five and four in our first nine plays on our Sunday stream. And keep in mind, well, we're gonna we're gonna post um a couple builder props throughout the week. I think a new trend I really like posting. I don't know if anyone here also liked it. We posted the other day on our Twitter where we took 
where I took three to four props for every game, um, for each game on Thursday and Sunday and Monday and showed how often these have hit, the likelihood of it happening tonight, um, why it could happen, and giving you guys just some options where if you don't want to take my picks, but you want to take, but you see something you like, you know, for example, if you like, if you don't like that we took, you know, let's say we did Jefferson 75 yards, Cousins 200, and we added in like uh, Bryce Young 200 yards, and you didn't like that, but you liked that Cousins 200 yards, you could have taken just that, and that way we we put some builder options out there that we might not be taking. But if you're looking at a certain game, you need one extra leg, and you're kind of stuck, you don't know what to do. That's a good um, a good way for you to get some easy little builders. Actually, our builders when we did it on Thursday night went two out of the two out of the three cash with ease. The third one missed by just one yard. So that's a little like two out of three with an asterisk next to it because that's a very subliminal thing is that one yard. Um, so, but we're going to post that again for Thursday. We're going to, we're going to put something together to post it for Sunday. So once that goes through, um, should be, should be good with ease. We're going to start doing that on a regular basis. Um, just trying to get everything down now for that. So we're going to look at before we're going to get into some stuff for tonight, but before that, we're going to look over the plays that i love for this week that you can take right now so we're we're gonna pull up the first one we're gonna do is going to be the dolphins minus nine and a half now i know that's kind of a high line that it's it looks kind of it looks kind of high i i'm still i'm always kind of iffy with um lines that are almost double digits for certain teams. I'm going to pull this up now. And if you look here, it's nine and a half. I said this a couple weeks ago that a lot of times they don't like to post lines until they see what's going to happen on Monday night football with teams that are playing that night. But I think the way that look at this, this line opened at four and a half last week. And even since then, it still ha it still went um it still went up five points. Um, there's usually a thing on here you can see like how it how much it's moved when it's moved by. Don't seem to find it. it might be on a different page, and I'm not gonna try to look for it now. But you know you see the last five matchups for each team look just dominated. Lucky win, absolutely destroyed, and yeah, that's it. That's their three games. They haven't played a fourth yet. Rough loss, pure domination, tough fought win, and another tough fought win. This Dolphins team, I think, is not not going to be bullied around like they were before. I don't think I would even take like their first half spread as a touchdown. This Giants team has not had a lead going into the first half. I would, if you look, their money line is three twenty-five. I I would be inclined to take. You can find it. Look, you can find it for points bet five and a half, um, six and a half on DraftKings and FanDuel. So if 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 every if the Dolphins are going to play as everyone is expecting, I would not be surprised either if this is a 
at least a set a touchdown game difference game at the end of the first half. So I would also look at taking that. You could you could even parlay both of them. The parlay is probably a good odds. Um, no, nah, their parlay their parlay builder is not working either. So, but I'm taking that. I'm taking the Dolphins minus nine and a half. Put some money also on the minus six and a half first half spread. I think that this is a bounce back game. If if you don't take this now and the Giants play terrible, this line will jump outside of possibly almost two touchdowns, depending on how everything goes tonight. I think Saquon might get it to drop a bit if he comes back. But yeah, I I don't see a way for this team to really I don't see a way that this isn't going to be like a big blowout game in terms of like I I think this is going to be another Cowboys level game. They're just going to shut them down and just absolutely demolish this Giants team. Um our next one we're going to look at is going to be we're going to take the Ravens and we're going to take them at minus four and a half. Now this line opened at minus one. It jumped up with the Kenny Pickett injury. If you are following along with that, he is planning on playing this week, but he has but he has a bone bruise in his knee. This is a Ravens team that has been solid, and this game had for a week five matchup has a lot 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 of meaning if the ravens win this week it means they have swept every team in their division on the road and will go into the divisional the rest of their division matchups at home with the best record they already have the best record right now in the afc north this will 100 percent put them ahead of the browns regardless of how the browns do this week and it will give them essentially a home field advantage where all these teams are going to have to compete against the Ravens while being down 3 nothing to the Ravens in the divisional rankings. Now, this Raven team always worries me because everyone is always hurt. I, I feel like every year there's a new story. This guy got hurt. This guy's knee blew out. This guy's leg. This guy. This guy's out for four weeks, but they somehow still put together a top-tier roster every year. I think they would be winning the division every year if they could keep everyone healthy enough to keep a full a full their full top player on each spot in the death chart on the field. Now if you look even the first half spread is two and a half. I even like again, I like that one too. I think even I would take them to be leading at the end of the first. I think I think this is gonna be a very a very low scoring game. I would also if you if you if you like betting over unders, I would take this under right now while you can i'm definitely going to take this as soon as we get done here so i'm going to put that up if you look in a parlay that's a plus 265 you could take that at that's um that's a good thing to that's a good thing to have i i like that um but this ravens team has this the steelers team just doesn't look good I I think they don't they don't have any really receivers. Pickens is good. Deontay Johnson is good, but Kenny Pickett to me is just Zach Wilson with a better head coach. I he's not done anything to impress me, and you know I could get some crap for some Steelers fans. I'll take it. 
I my opinion, Kenny Pickett is just Zach Wilson with with a Hall of Fame level coach with him. Um and the ability to not be afraid to throw the ball down the field. It's just he throws it to the other team. The Ravens have a chance to capitalize and take over the division tonight or this week. And I think they're definitely going to do that. So give me the Ravens minus four and a half. And expect a, expect a low scoring, gritty, hard hitting game. That's just going to be nothing but the it's just going to be nothing but five yard runs and punts. But the Baltimore Ravens are still going to be able to pull this one out. And we're going to go real quick to our last play that we're putting in early. And we're going to be posting some articles on this later. So don't you worry. You'll see these throughout the week. We're going to go Texans money line. I I like this. I really do. I'm very high on the Texans. I I don't see a justification to taking a plus one spread. I really don't. I don't like taking spreads unless it can, unless a field goal can still cover the spread. I don't like taking plus ones, plus twos. At that point, I would rather just take the money line, because in reality, if the, if the spread is plus one, the odds of this team losing by exactly one point are very slim, and especially with the fact that for the same amount of odds. You could pretty much get the money line. I would just personally rather take this money line over the spread because I think they are going to win. If the spread moves to the other side, I would also take it. But I think people are still waiting for the Texas, the Texans to fall and drop. And their next three weeks are against NFC North teams that all are playing bad right now. I don't think it happens. Are they going to sweep them? I don't think so. I think they might run into trouble when they get to New Orleans with Der- if Derek Carr is healthy. But as of right now, I don't see this Texans team losing to the Falcons. So I would take that right now. If you if you look here, the best odds, you can actually get them at plus money. And that's wild to me. Like if you if you look right here. What's their spread at? Spreads are still one, but you can get plus money on the Texans, on Caesars, on win bet, on points bet. And that's that's stuff you want to take because as the week goes on, that's gonna drop and that's gonna become negatives. Or that might even or if you watch it and it, something goes on and it becomes a higher positive, you get you can get double your money twice. Um, I, I, I'm very big on this, bet. I, I would take it right now on Caesars. If you could on WinBet if you could take it before the line moves, best lines are always the best lines for a reason. There's a reason these, there's a reason that the books are seeing how this money is moving and they're still picking it this way. If you look three different experts are agreeing with, they're taking the spread on this. And none of them taking the money. They're all saying the spread just to get that extra point. It was just an insurance. But if you look, look at the the Falcons have not been able to score since that Green Bay game. They beat a terrible Panthers team. They beat uh, a Green Bay team that let them come back. And then against a defense that's really not that good in Detroit, they only scored six. And against Jacksonville, which is a slightly better defense, they scored seven. 
Now, if you remember what Texas or Houston did to Jacksonville, they put up 37 on this defense. So an offense that can't put up more than one touchdown going up against a team that scored 37 on the same team, I'm taking them every single time. Give me Houston to win that one. Every single day of the week, I will take Houston in this situation right now. So now we are going on to the stuff everyone's waiting for tonight. We're going to go into our Monday night football predictions. Now, this I feel like this game could be one of those that the spread makes everyone think it's going to be super hyped up and it's going to be terrible. I really do. I, I think... This either might be one of those games where it's nice and boring and no one scores, or it could be another situation where the Giants find themselves down 15 points early, everyone's booing and screaming at them, and it gets interesting at the end, or it could just be a blowout at the end. Um, But we have three bets that we are taking for that game, and we had two of them are straight bets, and we do have a parlay. So the first one that we are going to look at is with one of my favorite players, Mr. DK Metcalf. Now, his line has moved a lot today. Like, a lot, lot, lot more than I was expecting it to move for, like, in in the span of less than 24 hours. Like, that's that's not something I'm used to seeing out of this that was um you know definitely something that caught my eye but we're gonna look i caught his line today at 62 and a half at about 9 30 this morning right now let me share my screen with you to show you guys Right, right, look, boom. His line is at 67 and a half is the best line you can get. FanDuel has 70. DraftKings has 67. Everyone else is 67 except for points bet has 71. But there is a reason that this line went up. Maybe it was some injury news. Maybe after talking with the press, they found something out. But this right here alone, the fact that his line jumped from 62 to 69 in the span of maybe six, seven hours is wild to me. So let's let's look at it where I caught it at, and this is why I took it. So we're going to – I'm using the site LineMate. I always highly recommend it. It's a free site. They do have a premium feature that lets you see more, but a free site that lets you research bets, shows you all the analytic data on everything to let you know what the best bets are. So shout out to LineMate for that. They've literally helped me make hundreds and hundreds of dollars every month off tiny little bets, just off small little research bits that I had thought in my head. Now, if you look, he's averaging 78 yards a game this season. First game against LA was a tough night. But once Geno Smith, when Geno Smith does not have a bad night, this ball is in his hands. Look, he's getting targeted about six times a game for about 78 yards a game and five receptions a game. He hit 75 against Detroit. Against Carolina, he dropped a 100 bomb. And if you look at it, look, against the team he's playing against, they give up 
one of the highest amount of receiving yards in the league. They have one of the worst third down percentages of any team. And even if you look at decaf away, his one away game this season, 75 yards. Again, terrible defense. They're going to play a lot of man coverage, but they don't know how to guard man coverage. So Metcalf, they're going to run a lot of drags, a lot of crisscrosses, and they're going to get everyone confused. Look for Metcalf to have a big game. I would take it. If the line moves again, I wouldn't take it once it's past about 71. But I would still be willing to take it right there at 70. Um, I wouldn't put as much money on it. I think I would maybe go about half a unit to a little, like about uh, six tenths or seven, three quarters of a unit. I wouldn't put a full unit on this one. But I would take, I would definitely take this one. I, I love that bet. I love this pick. Um, we're, this is just something. I believe this is going to be one of the best picks. I, I think, I think this is going to, he's going to go off for a big game tonight. Uh, the next one we're going to look at is we're going to look at Darren Waller. And again, another player, I think they think these, these guys are going to be chucking the ball today because Darren Waller's line, I picked it up at 50 at 47 and a half. And if you see right here, look. 51 and a half on FanDuel. You have 49 and a half, 51 and a half, 50 and a half. These lines are all showing super high odds, super um super high yardage. This is a Seahawks team that has given up over 300 yards a game to every quarterback they face. They let Andy Dalton throw for 300 yards against them. Am I saying Daniel Jones is going to have a 300-yard game? Probably not, because it's this is still the terrible offensive line. But he's going to get the ball out quick, and that ball is going to be going to Darren Waller. They've led up one of the most yards to tight ends out of anyone this season. This is going to be a Darren Waller game. He's going to have a lot of catches. He's going to have a lot of yards. I would take this up to. I would take this up to 51. If it goes any higher, I would stay away from it. But I took this at 47 and a half. He could very well get 50. It's just three extra yards. I would still take this one. And we're gonna do our last part. Our and I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show you guys. I don't think the screen showed, so I'm just gonna show you guys real quick on the app I was just talking about, LineMate. This is one of my favorite apps to use for everything. So look, we're on this DK Metcalf bet, 78 yards. You can look up different bets from players, different time frames, splits, whether it's home and away, players, teams against certain positions. You can alter the lines. He even if you put the lineup where it's at now, where it's at 70 and a half. And it's still two for three every time. This 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 is gonna catch. Look at the third they're the 29th worst team in third down percentage and and stopping them. This this is just going to be a very high passing game. I like both quarterbacks to get yardages here. And watch, I'll even flip the book. I'll even you can flip teams. Find Darren Waller here. His receiving yards. Look, they already have his line set at 50 and a half. So where I took it at 47 and a half. It's only hit one time this year. It didn't hit well against Dallas. Didn't hit two. The only team this is not the only teams that he has not hit this on were two of the top two defenses in the league, Dallas and San Francisco. And if you look, this is the worst team for receiving yards. This is the worst passing defense in the NFL. 32nd in 
receiving yards, second to last in receptions, targets, and third down percentage. This is going to be a very ugly game for the defense in terms of passing. I would take this receiving his receiving yards. He's averaging 44 a game. Like I said, two of the he's winning against two of the best defenses in the NFL in his three games so far. He hasn't had much chance to throw it. I think that this is going to be the game for Darren Waller to get a big game. I think if you have him in fantasy, if you want to put him in your daily fantasy, I think this is the week to do it. He's going to have a big day today. And our last pick, we actually have a parlay that we're putting together. It is for Geno Smith to get 200 passing yards, Kenny Walker the third. 50-plus rushing yards, and DK Metcalf, 50-plus receiving yards. All three of these have hit in two of three games. It's only hit in one of three, like all in the same game. They've only converted this in one of the three games, and that was week two against the Lions. But all of these guys are projected to hit their line, hit these lines by, hit their regular lines by over 15 yards each. This should be a lock. If this game stays close, they are going to rely on Walker's running to be able to get Metcalf the ball. And if if they get to the point where they're running every ball with Walker, it's because this offense is going off and Metcalf is cooking. So there you have it. There are our three best bets for Monday night football tonight. Seahawks versus Giants are starting just in a minute, so make sure you get those bets in as fast as you possibly can. We are going to have more bets coming out this week, so be sure to check out our Twitter at GothamGambling.com. We post everything from Premier League bets to NFL bets, NHL, NBA, MLB. All of that is going to be all over Prize Picks. Uh, Prize Picks gets covered, Sleepers gets covered. All of that's going to be on Twitter. We post them every day. Make sure you check out uh, the For Frequency Sake, For Fantasy Sake Substack because we post on there regularly as well. Keep updated with us, and let's cash in the books.